Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert and Jamie Eisner here. Championship Sunday recap edition of the show. And you're getting a little bonus content too. We're going to do the Week 18 Waiver Wire show as well as a part of the Sunday show so we can focus the Tuesday show because, Jamie, I believe first round of the mock releases on Tuesday. It does. Talk about that this week. So we're going to give the whole show on Tuesday to that. So you're getting the whole package deal here uh, on the Sunday show. And if you were like me, Watching all of the football here on a Sunday, maybe you had some 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 wagers out there. My wagers didn't go very well. Maybe you want to join in on the wagers for Week 18 and the NFL playoffs. Well, you can do so if you head on over to Bet Online. They remain your number one spot for all of the sports action this season. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you will receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BLEAV. That's B L E A V, and you will receive your bonus. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Jamie? Happy Championship Sunday to you. I don't think you were playing in a fantasy championship. Neither was I, but it is well, still Championship well, well, Sunday well, well, for well, us well, on the well, show. Well, 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 well. I wasn't playing in a fantasy championship in a traditional league, but I was playing in a six-pack of fantasy championships for best ball. You know what? Mr. I didn't Schubert. check my best ball here while we were doing the show, so maybe that's what I'll do when we get into some of these games because I was playing for some for some nice cashola here today uh, in the best ball formats. We have... Uh, Oh, boy, do we have a lot to get into here uh, on the show. A lot of things, storylines. Now, Jamie, I ask you very kindly to keep your clothes on during the show. Do not take them off and leave the show at any point, okay? You need to be a part of the show for the remainder uh, of the week eighteen or week 17 edition of the show. Let's start with that game, why, why, shall we? Why don't we start with what everybody uh, is talking about in, in the sports social media landscape. Uh, the Jets fall to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 28-24, to although I don't know if the score is what anybody is talking about today because if you played Antonio Brown with your fantasy championship on the line, you were sorely disappointed as he just left the field, left the game, was done, was over, uh, threw up the deuces, and he was out of there. And, and Jamie, I'm not, I'm not going to try to make light of this situation. It was a very weird, awkward just situation that I've never seen before in all of my years of covering this sport. Um, it was weird to watch. I was watching the whole game. Obviously, the Jets were playing. Surreal. Um, like, it, it was, I've never seen odd. anything like it. Uh, we won't spend too much time on it because there's obviously not a lot of fantasy relevance to it. But uh, obviously, he's not going to play next week. So if you play in week 18, get him out of your lineup and off your team. But yeah, uh, I don't think I've ever seen that scenario play out before. And, and look, the Buccaneers needed him, we thought. Until they let a great second half comeback here. Mike Evans was hobbled but had a good game for himself. Rob Gronkowski, 7 for 115. Uh, Seal Grayson was the uh, the big star uh, of this game. 6 for 81 and that game-winning touchdown. I know this this broke your heart, Chris, because you got all excited that the Jets might, might allow you to stay in club dub just a little bit longer, but uh, that wasn't the case. But fantasy-wise from this game, I think the big takeaway was, you know, Michael Carter's injury looked really, really good against this, uh, an elite rush defense before when it was a concussion, uh, I believe is mm-hmm. what concussion. they said. Yep. Uh, which obviously keep in mind if you playing next week, you may not have him in the final week of the season. And quite frankly, given the fact that it's week 18 and the Jets are the Jets and they're not competing for anything, I I don't see a reason why Michael Carter should be playing football next week. But 
you have some nice, uh, nice looks at him for next year. He's going to be a fun player. Uh, he will come up somewhere in my draft conversation, not round one, obviously, but where we do this draft conversation uh, throughout the, the rest of this winter, it's going to be very interesting. Braxton Berrios had a big game. Uh, when uh, Elijah Moore and Jameson Crowder are out, Berrios is a guy that is very fantasy relevant, scores on the ground, scores through the air here. Uh, I, I guess the question anybody would ask me, is, is it worth picking up a Tyler Johnson or a Cyril Grayson or, or, or Brashad Perriman or any one of these guys for your fantasy championship? Or even a Braxton Berrios. Barrios, yes, I think it's at least worth having on your bench to kind of see if Crowder comes back or not. Uh, for the Bucks guys to replace AB, and obviously, you know, Chris Godwin's not coming back anytime soon. Uh, I'm intrigued. I don't think I'm going to rank any of these guys inside of my top 40 wide receivers, but if you're in like a very, very deep league, I think it's maybe worth option. But uh, I don't anticipate, aside from maybe the Packers, that we're going to see any team's rest players for even a half. But, I mean, we'll see what the clinching scenarios end up playing out by the time we get to the end of Monday Night Football. But uh, I don't anticipate we're going to see a lot of players that are just sitting out week 18 just to sit out. Now, obviously, COVID and there's a lot of other stuff that goes into it. But And let me share my concern, at least on the Cyril Grayson front from Tampa, is this is two straight games he's played particularly well and has had a role on this team. But this team is still trying to find themselves offensively without Chris Godwin and with Mike Evans coming back. And I still think uh, when push comes to shove – where is Tom Brady going to go when things get dire? He's going to throw to Rob Gronkowski. He's going to throw to Mike Evans. And I don't rule out on a given week Tyler Johnson having a big game or Brashad Perryman having a big game. I still think it is up for interpretation who that third option is going to be. And I think putting all your eggs in the basket of that being Cyril Grayson in one week with your entire season potentially on the line fantasy-wise if you're playing in week 18 is not a risk I think I'm comfortable taking. I, I, I will be old takes exposed if next week that happens, but I just don't necessarily feel comfortable uh, doing that. But those are, I believe, all of the fantasy storylines uh, in this football game. Braxton Berrios just continues to, to play extremely well uh, when the Jets don't have anybody else healthy in the wide receiver department. Uh, Jamie, the Bills, uh, they beat the Falcons 29-15. to Devin Singletary, what is this, three games in a row for him in which he has played extremely well. Josh Allen gets into the end zone uh, two times on the ground, does throw three picks for you uh, in this football game. Stephon Diggs, only five catches, 52 yards. Gabriel Davis, three catches, 40 yards. Again, none of the receivers catch a touchdown in this game. That's probably the big takeaways. You didn't get anything yeah. there. On Incredibly disappointing. Um, yeah. You know, look, if you just looked at Josh Allen's passing line, you thought he was a guy that ruined your fantasy game. And, and he was actually, where do you end up here? I'm, I'm taking a look right now. I feel I feel like he finishes like a top three quarterback so far. Uh, obviously, as you know, we're recording this during Sunday football, uh, all that fun stuff. So it is possible. Um, I don't think it's possible Baker Mayfield or Ben Roethlisberger finish in the top three. But, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it's I mean, it's within the realm of possibility. Uh, I lied. He finished fourth. Uh, Russell Wilson passed him in the late game. So. Josh Allen's up finishing fourth among QBs with 23.9 points, despite an 11 for 26, zero touchdown, three interception line as a passer. Uh, on the Atlanta side of things, Jamie, it's Mike Davis who gets into the end zone uh, for the lone touchdown uh, offensively for Atlanta. But Kyle Pitts does get to the magic number. It's the quietest thousand yard season I've seen from from yeah. any so set the rookie record for most player. receiving yards by a tight end in NFL history, and nobody cares. It's, it, it's nobody fascinating. Unbelievable! Uh, what does a weird come stretch. up injured in this game. Get, yes. get, pulls up with a with a with a hammy. Pulls up with a, I believe it was his right hamstring uh, in this football game. L listen, you were going um, you were going back and forth on Twitter with some people about this, but boys, this Atlanta offense just not fun to watch. Like anytime it, Red Zone not. goes to this football game, I do, I got to look away because I do not want to see Matt Ryan lumber around. So 
Ben Roethlisberger looks like he's going to retire at the end of the year. Matt Ryan is going to take Ben Roethlisberger's place as quarterback who just lumbers around, and it is brutal to watch on a weekly basis. Yeah, I mean, his arm is in better shape at this point than Ben Roethlisberger's is, in, was in either of the last couple of years, but point taken. The offensive line has been terrible, too. Uh, they don't have a running game anymore. Cordell Patterson has not been anything special. Uh, he is going to be a fascinating player to figure out what I'm going to do with him next year. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm still, I, I know I tease to you like where I have certain guys, but, you know, I've made some movements, you know, like taking Antonio Brown out of my first eight rounds. Uh, <laughs> so he's he's been removed he, from, he's been removed. Okay. I, I don't see him playing uh, anymore. No. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I'll never rule it out. I mean, guys continue to get chances for a lot of reasons, but uh, I don't think it's likely. But, you know, the last month of Cordero Patterson has been extremely disappointing. And then look, Cordero Patterson was found money this year. So there's a part of me that goes like, you can't really be that upset about it, but uh, his usage has changed a bit. His involvement has changed a bit and we're not seeing him, you know, even in games where Atlanta was losing, we used to see a heavy dose of him and we're just not seeing it as much anymore. In a game that going into it, I didn't think was going to have any fantasy relevance. And it did because of one player's very good performance by getting into the end zone twice. The Chicago bears beat the New York giants 29 to three. And we're going to, don't worry. The Giants are going to get theirs here in a second because they are just a just that organization. I don't know what direction they're going. in. But if you play David Montgomery in your fantasy championships this weekend, boy, did it pay off for you. Gets into the end zone twice. These are pedestrian numbers, 22 carries for 64 yards. But when you get into the end zone, uh, that is a big deal. Darnell Mooney catches a touchdown. He's been somebody, Jamie, that you've been talking about uh, probably for the last month and a half. Uh, somebody to keep an eye on. Seven catches, 69 yards and a touchdown. Uh, that's about it that I'd like to talk about on the Bears side of things. And then on the Giants side of things, Saquon Barkley does get over uh, 100 yards on the ground. But there is, I think, zero redeeming qualities about the, where this Giants team is heading into next season. This, this was, I think, the lamest to be nice, so you don't have to put the explicit mark on this performance just I've a, seen from NFL. Just the button I have season. to hit. If you want to do it, go right ahead. It, 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 this is the biggest piss poor effort. You don't have to hit it for that one uh, that I've seen from from an NFL team uh, and a, quite frankly a coaching staff all season long. Um, the, this Giants team and this Giants coaching staff should be absolutely embarrassed. Joe Judge should be embarrassed that he continues to come to press conferences after games and, and say that, oh, no, no, this is really working. We're making progress behind the scenes. Yeah, in no freaking way that anybody can actually see. So I'm so glad you're making progress that is in no way reflected on anything you're doing on a football field. Good job, Joe. Can't wait for you to pick the next general manager. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, uh, look, I mean, Saquon was, was, was solid in this game, but you know, still wasn't phenomenal for you because he doesn't get in the end zone, doesn't catch a pass. Mike Lennon was horrible. Bears defense probably won you some matchups. Uh, the weather wasn't as bad as people expected here in Chicago, but they obviously had to start the game with a strip sack and almost a defensive touchdown. They get a couple strip sacks on Glennon. Uh, and again, the Giants were losing from literally the second play of the game. They throw 11 passes. It's it just a completely ridiculous thing. But Bears I side, they punted. I believe they punted early in the first half yeah, when they were down Bears 14. They were on the Bears, Bears yeah. side of the field. When you're a 4-11 team down two scores on the road, they just punted. Yeah, cowards. Brilliant. Uh, it just, just uh, again, pathetic effort from everybody involved. Uh, today's game, like they, they've already said that he's coming back, but today's game was a fireball offense for Joe Judge. I'm sorry. Um, he's going to come back, and this team is going to show all no progress again. But yeah, I, I hope he has I some more Jay Z quotes for us over the summer. So that was Matt Rule, but if you want to attribute that oh, to that's Joe right. Judge, I'm, I'm good with that too. Was. I'm, 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 I'm okay getting my that. overrated head coaches you, that are not yeah, going to have no, jobs fair. in 2024 fair, or 2023 out of, out of confusion there. It's very easy to mix up the, the same coaches thing, right? that are Rules mediocrity. like, it's, it's working. It's, We're just yeah, not, you're not seeing fair, it yet. Yeah. Like, 
they say the same bullshit. I will tell you this. I will tell you this, though. I found it very interesting. I understand coming out and saying, at least through sources like Schefter and uh, everybody else in in media, that that you're going to bring Judge back for next season. I did think it was weird to come out and say, you're bringing Daniel Jones back for next season. I didn't think that was a question. I didn't think that was an argument. Yeah, it's well, the also, fifth-year option. That's the, that's the deal. Yeah, so is is that them committing to that? Because they didn't need to commit to Daniel Jones for next season because he was already there. He was they 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 he is committed there. Yeah, it's the fifth-year I mean, option thing that is the big deal. And I but, don't know what they do there. I don't think I'd pick it up. No, I, I, I'm I mean, not plays well just franchise tag him. But it was very weird to me. Yeah, I'm not picking up the fifth-year option. Um, you you know how kind of these things work sometimes. I, I wonder if it was more of they got a text. Is Joe is Judge and Daniel Jones coming back next year? And the response was yes. Right. You know what I mean? Like so yes. sometimes it isn't elaborate, like they they leak it to the media. Here's what specifically we want you to say. And sometimes it's literally they get asked a very specific question and they just say yes to it yes and then it gets no. reported yes. that way. Mm-hmm. They were always gonna bring Daniel Jones back. Doesn't mean they're not gonna bring another quarterback. He's super cheap next year. They weren't gonna cut him. Jamie, you said this game was a piss poor performance from the New York Giants. Do you know what was not a piss poor performance? What Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals did as an encore yeah, to what they did last week in which he threw for 500 passing yards. What an encore this was. 446 passing yards, four touchdowns for Joe Burrow. And that's not even the story because we got to talk about Jamar freaking Chase. 11 catches, 266 yards, and three touchdowns for all of the noise in that little middle stretch of the season where he went quiet because teams changed the way they covered him. Give him the rookie of the give him the rookie of the year. Yeah, give it to him. This we performance do. alone, I, I think, seals any any doubt that was put into people's minds. This team is getting hot at the right time. I still have questions about their offensive line holding up in a playoff game, but they win the AFC North, which is impressive. They get to double digit wins. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs, knock them out of the one seed in the AFC. There's a lot. For going right for Cincinnati in this football game today. There was, and there was a lot going right for fantasy managers at Jamar Chase because it, it wasn't quite Alvin Kamara, but it was very close. A 50-plus point fantasy performance in half PPR for Jamar Chase uh, absolutely won you, between him or Burrow, probably won you your fantasy league finals. Uh, I'm very interested to see what those percentages look like. We knew he would figure it out eventually. The question was, what was he going to figure it out before the end of the year? And teams have now started to cover T. Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd a little bit more, although both those guys had solid, you know, solid, not spectacular games. Obviously, we were comparing it to Jamar Chase, but awesome performance from him. Joe Burrow looks locked in. Uh, I'm still worried about injuries because he got beat up in this game and he gets beat up every game. It took a lot of hits, obviously, he was not able to take the. To come got in and beat take up the on a play that probably shouldn't have even happened in the first place. We that were talking well, yeah, about the way this, this game the ended channels was. Of, of the TDN uh, messaging system in which we were all just like, what are you doing, Zach? Part just of me, put the kicker out on the field. Part of me is just happy that it ended the way it did because I didn't want to spend the next week debating that call. Uh, don't Not worry, my, I, my football I, team's doing that all week. So don't I didn't think it was the right call, but it ended up working out for them. Great. Like I, I, I could not do another seven days of us debating the, uh, the Zach Taylor call to, to go for it on fourth down. So I'm, I'm glad it actually worked out the way it did. Uh, there's really, not, I mean, actionable advice, like Joe Burrow's going to be a top five quarterback in my rankings next week. I, wow. I think he's earned he's earned that right at this point. Uh, on the Kansas City side of things, Daryl Williams was, was the big game for me. Uh, I, I always performs when Clyde Edwards-Alaire is out. 
There seems to be some optimism that CEH will be back next week. So if he is back, then Dale Williams is more of a risky flex play. But if he is not, Dale Williams continues to be a must-start player. And just another just meh performance from Tyree Kill, a meh performance from Travis Kelsey, but he gets in the end zone. So it actually worked out okay for him. But uh, not the game I expected from the Chiefs outside of Daryl Williams, who really had a monster, monster performance. In the uh, TDN Bowl, the Tennessee Titans beat the Miami Dolphins 34-3. to uh, Jamie, on the Miami side of things, for a team that had won seven in a row to get to this point uh, in a big game in a big spot, after you work all the way back to get to this point, to play meaningful games late in the season, to play a stinker the way this Miami offense did, is got to be disappointing if you are a Dolphins fan. I mean, Waddle doesn't have a great game. Parker doesn't have a great game. Jacecki doesn't have a great game. They Nobody had a good game on Miami side. This game was unwatchable if you were a Dolphins fan. And obviously we know a prominent Dolphins fan, and, and I cannot wait to see what the wrath is going to be tomorrow. But uh, this this was a- as bad as it could be. Tua struggled to handle the ball. Tua struggled to throw the ball. Tua struggled to do anything with this offense here. Uh, Duke Johnson looked spry, but you can't run the football when you're getting your ass kicked. You know, you, you have to throw the ball. And, and there was just a lot of off-balance throws. 18 for 38 in this game. Had a bad pick. Took four sacks. You know, for a large portion of this game, Jalen Waddle was stuck on one catch for no yards. Um, ends up with three for 47 catches, one big pass, but really did nothing otherwise. Uh, it just, this was a brutal from a, a real life standpoint because it ended up being eliminated by the end of it and then from fantasy. I demand in the week 18 rankings for Jamie Eisner some respect on Donta Foreman's name. 26 carries, 132 yards, and a touchdown. You put respect on that man. Not to say you haven't, but I just want the last rankings of the season to reflect the last month he's had. Yeah, assuming that Derrick Henry doesn't play, which I don't think he will now that the division's locked up. But uh, now that and yeah. well, they're all playing for the one seed at this point, they, they that is true. Control the one seed, Ooh, but that, that gets interesting though. But yeah, no, I, I don't you, know. You if can't risk it. it. I, I don't know. You can't risk it. Yeah, there, and there's really no need to because what's the worst case scenario? You're like the two or three seed, you're still getting a home playoff game. Like, and I also don't know. And if you're the two seed, you get two home seed. playoff games. And I, I know they're the one seed now. I don't know. This is ignorance. I don't know if they already have the tiebreaker over Kansas City, so it won't matter. Yes, they beat them. I, so then, it, then they just need to. They need to do the same thing that Kansas yeah, City. They does. just they, Kansas City they need wins to win. They win. They just need to win. Yeah, they just need to. So win. then, 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 then uh, yeah, there you go. But from what I understand, there's no no there's no weirdness where like players where like the same result jumps you. You know what I mean? So if if they win, and they play the Texans, that's the other thing. You, if you should be able to beat the Texans. I know they've showed some fight, but you should be able to beat the Texans. So, yes. For, and by the way, Texans you can run on. So, yes, Deontay Foreman is going to be – I don't know where I have him now, but he's going to be hanging around the low end of RB2 category for Week 18. Love to see it. Uh, anything else? A.J. Brown doesn't have a great game. I mean, No, it wasn't really... – I mean, Taylor only threw for 120 yards. I mean, this well, – He only threw the ball 18 times. He doesn't yeah, have to when you Titans, can run the ball as well as they were, and they didn't – they controlled they the game from the word go. game. Yeah, they yeah. were up the whole game. But by the way, you could see this again next week too against Houston. So mm-hmm. just buyer be, beware uh, for anybody that's really, for whatever reason, intrigued to start Ryan Tannehill. Uh, and it'd be, it'd be a little bit beware too for A.J. Brown owners. Uh, the Raiders beat the Colts 23-20. to 20. Man, the wild card race for that la- those last two spots in the AFC is Fun. You got three teams right now, I think, at nine and seven. Uh, the Chargers, yeah. who Raiders won, control also the destiny, got to though. nine and seven. So Raiders control their destiny. Uh, I th- Listen, Jonathan Taylor is very good at football. I will continue on this podcast to make the case that that is the MVP 
uh, of the league. He's not going to win it. They're going to give it to Tom Brady, and that's understandable. But Jonathan Taylor, MVP of the league, I'm going to continue to echo that here uh, on the show. Uh, I mean, Jamie, wrong. That's fine. more respect needs to be put on somebody's name. Are you asking me about Zay Jones? A guy goes for eight for 120. You're darn yeah, right. I'm going to ask you about Zay Jones. <laughs> yeah, he looked good. Uh, first 100-yard game of his career, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, it, it's uh, it was good to see. He he is somebody that's sneaking into like the bottom part of my rankings. Like I don't know what to do with him, though, because uh, it, it's one of those weird ones that like he could have a game like this, but we don't see it very often. And like, are you going to feel confident with all of his potential receiving options? Is is this going to be the the time you're going to throw him in with a championship on the line? But yes, he actually no. looked really good here. And I, I, nothing bad to say about him this week. I think the I more attention. Like, it's like eight. Do you like? Will you feel confident to start? It's like him and like Laquan Treadwell, who continues to have good games for Jacksonville. Like, do you feel confident starting them in the championship? Like that's kind of where I'm at with these guys. Where I like what they're doing, and if you put them in, or if you, you like like it's like a cheap DFS option, love that. But like in your regular we draft league, you probably have better receiver options with more upside. I will say this. The more attention that Renfro gets, and he had a great game too, seven catch for 76 yards and a touchdown. But the more attention that he gets without Darren Waller in this offense, I think opens up the opportunity for Zay Jones. And it'll be interesting to see what 2022 uh, looks like for Zay Jones. On the indie side of things, Michael Pittman, six catches for 47 yards. T.Y. Hilton catches one of the weirdest touchdowns you're ever going to see in your life <laughs> yeah. uh, in this football game. Uh, if you haven't seen it, please go find a way to watch how he caught a touchdown pass. It was, I, and the, the, I love the, I, I don't know who was calling the game because this was a red zone for me. This game came up on red zone a bunch uh but the, the the color commentator for the game talked about they they showed a highlight of Carson Wentz rolling out and throwing the ball and he's like look at look at this is what you love about Carson Wentz just the arm strength I'm like dude he almost threw a, a pick into double coverage and he was lucky that it got deflected to T.Y. Hilton for a touchdown you're out here praising the arm strength of Carson Wentz who underthrew his guy by three yards and almost threw a pick I, I want to bring this up quickly because I just got the week 18 lines Chris okay you talked about this, about teams that are sitting there's only one line that indicates that Vegas believes that a team will be sitting. That will be the Green Bay Packers. Right now, Green Bay at Detroit. Detroit are one and a half point favorites. So that is a indication from the books that they believe that Green Bay is going to be sitting. Their starters. Okay. Well, Jacksonville sat their starters today when they beat, when they lost to the New England Patriots, fifty to ten. Wouldn't matter. Um, Would we notice? That's why. That was the point I was trying to make. Uh, Jamie Ramondre Stevenson. 19 carries, 107 yards, two touchdowns. And listen, if you play Damian Harris, you got two touchdowns from him too, even though we had only nine carries in the football game. So it worked out pretty well for you. Um, yeah, the, the Patriots are kind of – I mean, it is it is the Jags, and, and I understand that. But this Patriots team, they got their running game going with these two guys that can run the football. Uh, Mac Jones doesn't turn the ball over, very efficient. He's been playing extremely well. Uh, I want to see what this looks like come playoff time. But more importantly, Jamie, round of applause – Trevor Lawrence throws his first touchdown pass Finally. since I was born, or however long it's been since Trevor Lawrence didn't throw a touchdown pass uh, in this football game. And it was on a screenplay. It was just a little dump out to the left side, and uh, it went for a touchdown. So uh, any actionable items here entering uh, potential Week 18 matchups for anybody from this football game? I know you mentioned Laquan Treadwell a little earlier. Yeah, I, I mean, that's kind of where I sit on this. I don't really think there's a lot of actionable advice here. I, I think you know what you're getting. You know, Dari Gumbawale gets something late. 
you're going to like him a little bit more in the matchup. It's not against New England. Stevenson is, is really fun when he's going to get the work, but I don't expect New England's going to have – I mean, they could blow out Miami, but I don't expect them to. So, I mean, Damian Harris is going to be the guy that gets the touches first. This game was out of hand, like, right away. So I'm not surprised that he uh, that Stevenson got a lot of work. But Stevenson is somebody that is going to be really interesting next year. Uh, I'm excited to, ha- to grab him uh, as a late flyer. The Philadelphia Eagles – or a nine-win football team as they beat the Washington football team 20-16. to 16. Uh, Jamie, Boston Scott gets to the end zone twice because, of course, he does. Uh, Dallas Goddard has a decent game, six catches for 71 yards. You don't get any passing touchdowns from Jalen Hurts in this game, so if you played any of the receivers, Devonta Smith or Dallas Goddard, you, you, you were capped a little bit of what your ceiling could be with Jalen Hurts not really throwing the ball all that well in this game. Um you know, Jamie, I won't, I won't lie to you. Red Zone didn't go to this game very often, and when it did, not a lot of stuff was happening. So no, you got the early touchdown from Jarrett Patterson. Um, well, good for look, if you have the it. confidence. If you had the balls to start him this week, congratulations. I didn't. Uh, I was afraid to play him. I, I recommended against playing him more often than not. Uh, but congrats if you did. He didn't have a monster game, but got you in the end zone early. But he played pretty well. Got five catches, uh, fifty seven. What do you have here? Ninety eight total yards. So. Got you what you needed there. Terry McClellan had a decent game, 7 for 61. You know, all things considered, not somebody I was excited to play this week, but if you did, uh, you at least got a decent performance out of him. Eagle side, obviously, Scott over Howard was what we ended up seeing here because he gets in the end zone. Uh, otherwise, it really wasn't wasn't a whole lot here. Uh, you know, if Sanders continues to be out next week, Boston Scott would be the guy that you want there. Uh, as a flex play for you, but that's really, really all we're looking at. And by the way, the Eagles have made the playoffs. If I would have told you at the beginning of the season that the Eagles and the Bengals would both be in the playoffs, you would have been uh, very, very surprised considering they were two teams that were projected to be like picking in the top eight. Um, I don't mean to be that guy, Jamie, but I don't believe the Eagles have locked up a playoff spot yet. I still believe there's a way for them to give this away. Is there? Because they said on the broadcast that they clinched the playoff spot. So I am looking... At the ESPN playoff rankings, because when you said this, I went and checked. They do not have the little X next to their name that says they have clinched a playoff spot. If well, Minnesota I wins tonight, they lied, they... so here's this is the way it works. The Saints are sitting at eight and eight. The Vikings are seven and eight. If the Vikings were to win tonight, they would also be eight and eight, and they and then they would be. Oh, one I'm sorry. I'm behind sorry. The Eagles. I'm sorry. Well, no. Here's why I'm ahead of it. The Vikings have to lose tonight in the clinch of I've already had the okay. Vikings losing in my head. I'm sorry. No, you are right. They technically, as we are talking right now, but by the time you're listening to this podcast and the Minnesota Vikings have officially lost this game to the Green Bay Packers, the Eagles will have clinched a playoff spot. That is my, I've literally already wrote the, the I've been writing the, the Vikings off all week. So, okay. That's, that's fair. You are that's right. Fair. You did take them. You did take, you did take them minus whatever today on the money down show. So yes. I, I do understand why that that is where your frame of reference is. But again, as we are recording this, that has not happened yet. So when we do this Sunday night, Football portion of the show, uh, we will be able to talk about that. Uh, the Rams beat the Ravens twenty to nineteen in a game that had a a just a wild finish uh, in this football game. But from a fantasy perspective, Sony Michelle gets into the end zone, nineteen carries, seventy four yards and a touchdown. Cooper Cup once again continues to be amazing, six catches, ninety five yards and a touchdown. Uh, sets the single season Rams receiving record for most yardage in a season. Doesn't even need the extra game uh, to do so, but now has the extra game to just tack on to that number. It's actually, I think, threatening to probably end up somewhere inside the top three of um, most yards in a single season. I think Jerry Rice is next up on the list for him to pass for yardage in a single I've season. Heard of him. I, I do not think he's going to get to uh, Megatron's like 1,900 and change that he had uh, way back in the day. I think he would need like a stupid, like 165-yard game. Uh, you need a Jamar Chase. 
He would need, yes, he would need a Jamar Chase uh, in order to do that. Uh, you get a touchdown from Odo Beckham Jr. if you played him. Tyler Higby has six catches for 69 yards. And then on the other side of things uh, for the Rams, Mark Andrews continues to just be a volume guy. Six catches, 89 yards. Uh, no touchdowns uh, for the Rams on offense, but Rashad Bateman, seven catches, 59 yards. He had some decent performances there as well. Keep calling the Ravens the Rams. You did twice in that sequence there. But the, oh, yes. sorry, the, Ra- the Ravens. Uh, I, I think the, the takeaway for the Ravens here is Rashad Bateman is, is back in contention. Uh, after falling off these last two weeks, he's been more heavily involved and look good. Ten targets in this game for him. Um, you know, Mark Andrews still in one on a weekly basis at this point. For the Rams, you know, Cooper Cup wide receiver one, not much there. But uh, it, it was good to see what Beckham, Beckham get in the end zone. Jeff, Jefferson got a lot more work early. Tyler Higby had a nice day, but three of those catches came on the opening drive. Got some big chunk plays to start the game, but getting not a lot of actionable advice here. Um, keep an eye out for Cam Makers, I guess. There, there's a chance he could play next week, but otherwise, if he doesn't, then Sony Michelle should continue to, to take his spot in the RB1 territory. The Chargers beat the Broncos 34 to 13. Uh, Austin Eckler, 17 carries, 58 yards and a touchdown. So he gets into the end zone for you. Also catches three passes out of the backfield for 54 yards. So you had a decent game from him. Uh, Mike Williams gets into the end zone. Uh, Justin Herbert throws for two touchdowns. And Jamie, on the on the Denver side of things, this offense was just in slow motion. They couldn't run the ball. I mean, 73 yards from Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams combined. Uh, no fan has a big game. Six catches, 92 yards and a touchdown there. Uh, but that's... That's kind of all. That's kind of all you had in this football game. Yeah, on the Chargers side, you got what you needed from your stars. Mike Williams gets in the end zone. Keen Allen gets in the end zone. Austin Eckler gets in the end zone. Herbert was fairly good. Um, was it sensational, but fairly good fantasy wise. You got what you needed from them. Uh, the Broncos side of things, like you probably weren't starting any of their receivers because they had nobody there. I mean, Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy didn't play. Uh, I wouldn't have played Cortland Sutton anyway, but he has the the most receiving yards of the season so far at sixty. Uh, what a weird year he's had. Uh, excuse me, he was receiving yards since uh, Halloween uh, with 60. You know, Fant had a nice game. Uh, the, the thing that sucks here, and, and, I, and I guess it's something that I, I should have been, not that I wasn't aware of it, but I probably should have given more credit credence to, was if the Chargers got up early, the Broncos wouldn't have had a chance to really take advantage of how bad Los Angeles' run defense is. And that's kind of what happened here. Like they, they just got behind so quickly. They never really got an opportunity. I mean, he still got 24 carries between Gordon and Williams, but uh, they weren't really able to establish anything because they couldn't run the ball multiple consecutive times because they were down big. Um, this, this score doesn't even indicate how badly the Broncos were beat in this game. They were completely lifeless mm-hmm. in this matchup. Yeah, Chargers went right down the field and scored right away on the opening drive. And, yep. and when that happened, I, I went, okay, this is over. Like I didn't trust the Broncos offense to really do much of anything. And, and by the, the way, the neither did Brandon like Staley who was very conservative at points in this game, kicking field goals and fourth and short. It was very much because we don't think they can score. So let's just take the points that we can get. You know what, Jamie? Such a great point there because I think it's very important to note here. As analytically driven as Brandon Staley is, and there are a lot of coaches that are like this, it's also very important to understand your opponent and understand the game script. In that moment, the analytics might say go for it, but Staley goes, you know what? I take three more points here. That might take this team completely out of it because they can't score. I know that they can't score on us. And so that that's also something uh, to factor in as well. And so, yeah, I, I did notice that, that he took some points in some spots where he would normally go for it. And he was still aggressive at times, right? He still yeah, he was. was going for it, and, but he took points uh, when the opportunity provided it because I think he felt like, man, if I put three more points on the board here, that's probably all she wrote because Denver's not going to be able to put together maybe one scoring drive, but not multiple scoring drives to beat us. Well, and that's what happened here. He takes a, a 19-yard field goal early in the second quarter to go up 10-0, and then takes a 23-yard field goal uh, midway through the third quarter to go up 
um, 20 to three. You know what I mean? Like in situations that I think he would have probably gone for it against the better team, but just feeling like that just the Broncos aren't going to catch us offensively. So let's just accumulate as many. Let's just nickel and dime them and just keep pushing them a little bit further away, a little bit further away because we're going to have this in control. Uh, the 49ers win 23-7. to Trey Lance starts for the injured Jimmy Garoppolo. He goes for 249 yards and two touchdowns. Elijah Mitchell, big day on the ground. Welcome back, Elijah Mitchell. 119 yards. And, Jamie, in our weekly What Did Debo Samuel Do? Seven carries for 19 yards on the ground, and then he has three catches for 63 yards and a touchdown in the air. So definitely, if you played him, uh, worth it for you. Brandon Ayuk, four catches for 94 yards there as well. Elijah Mitchell does catch a touchdown pass in this game uh, to go along with his big day on the ground. And on the Texan side of things, Brandon Cook's probably the the only guy that you're circling. Uh, seven catches, 66 yards and a touchdown. Again, Rex Burkett has the big game last week and then comes back. You're not able to do that against San Francisco. 16 carries, 47 yards. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but he still was at least decently involved here. You know, I got you double-digit points, so he wasn't terrible in this game. Uh, Niners side, great to see Mitchell back, looking really good. Obviously, he steps right back into top 15 running back status, and that's where I put him this week, and that's where he played. Um, I guess the big takeaway here is just not much from George Kittle. And I'm not going to read too much into that, but I do think this brings up a point that we've discussed and I've teased on the show before, of especially when we start talking about where we're going to draft George Kittle next year. Or quite frankly, if you're going to play him next week because Jimmy Garoppolo's thumb injury is is concerning, he's going to need surgery on it. Whether he's going to get it now or after the season is to be determined. But all we know of George Kittle in recent years is the amount of targets he was getting from either Jimmy Garoppolo or like the Iowa quarterback clones that were coming in and playing for Shanahan. We do not know, and quite frankly, we don't have an extended uh, situation to look at of how Trey Lance is going to target George Kittle. And George Kittle, as we... If you're going to be a top tight end, you know, a second round, third round tight end in fantasy, you need a lot of volume. That, that's, I mean, that's not exactly breaking news. Will he get that sort of volume with Trey Lance next year? I don't know. Two targets in this game, one catch for 29 yards. Really didn't get involved at all in the first half. I don't think he had a catch in the second half. That catch came in the second half as well. I don't even know if he had a target in the first half. Just something to monitor because I, I feel like that we sometimes, you know, situation and talent both matter. And clearly, Trey Lance has options with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel on the running back side of the backfield. We'll see if we're see, uh, Raheem Mostert next year comes back and what his role could be. If Trey Sermon has any sort of role in this team next year, they're going to have mouths to feed. Kittle should obviously be one of them, but will he be it to the extent that we have seen him at points this year and obviously in the past? I'm not so sure. Something, just something to be aware of. And I know Houston side, you Crux is the only player you care about, and he got you. He got the job done. The Cardinals beat the Dallas Cowboys 25 to 22. Um, uh, Jamie, I'm just looking at the Cardinals box score just to put in the context, the numbers behind their performance today. I mean, Zach Ertz called the Anton Wesley game. I, yeah, I was just going to ask. I mean, do you want to do a waiver wire discussion on Antoine no, Wesley real look, quick? No, okay. uh, didn't think I, so. do, I do. He is the he is the guy that was the one to one replacement for DeAndre Hopkins. Like it wasn't AJ Green. It wasn't Ron, wasn't going to be Rondell Moore. It's not Christian Kirk. He was the one to one in terms of personnel groupings there. Uh, but I still don't think you're going to ever trust him to play him. Um, this was a very weird game where I thought the Cardinals played really well early. Felt like they were hanging on toward the end, but they made a plays uh this was just a, a strange game all around chase Edmonds, gotta give this dude some credit he's clearly hurt like he is he is banging around with guys and he's he is playing really tough and i know his line doesn't look all that special here 
less than three yards a carry, but he's doing everything he can. He was a, a huge part of the reason why they were able to win this game, even though you might not see that in the box score. We'll see if James Conner comes back for them next week, but uh, Edmonds is going to be a low-end RB2 flex type of a play for you regardless. Um, on, wait, very before before you switch, waiting. it's not it's not fantasy relevant. But the Ooh. catch that Jonathan Ward made on the fake punt is Stupid. one of the most ridiculous catches. Was he, was he the, the fourth the fourth string running back that makes the yes that makes that catch the helmet catch and draws the pass interference all in the same play like ridiculous. Yeah, uh, Cowboy side, man, if you would have told me Dak Prescott was going to throw three touchdowns and no picks and lose this football game, I wouldn't believe you. I really he wouldn't have. Yeah, like they couldn't run the ball at all. Uh, Zeke, nine for 16. Tony Powell, three for nine. Dak was their leading rusher with 20 yards. You know, Schultz, five, six for 54. I mean, CeeDee Lamb didn't do much. Cooper gets in the end zone, so it saves his day, but wasn't anything special. Fortunately, Michael Gallup tears his ACL on his touchdown catch, uh, pending free agent as well. So that puts him and Michael Gallup, excuse me, him and Chris Godwin as both pending free agents that have borne their ACLs this season late in the year. Uh, it's... It was a it was a rough game for Dallas, and I feel like we still don't have any clarity on who's good and who's not good anymore. Because uh, I wasn't overly inspired by Arizona's game, but until really when they had got a chance to put it away late, and they did. But Kyle Murray asked me earlier this week that I feel comfortable enough playing him as top five QB, and I said yes, and he gave you that sort of production. He came in uh, as uh, no, I guess he didn't. He came in as QB six after the kneel downs. There you go. I lied. He fell behind Dak. He fell behind Dak because of the kneel downs. But yes, he still gave you a really good performance there. Seattle Seahawks beat the Detroit Lions 51 to 29. This was a fun game. It meant nothing to anybody, but it was a fun Nobody. Game. And you know what? At this point in the season, sometimes those are the best games. When there are two teams that have nothing on the line, chaos ensues. And that's what you got in this football game. Okay, Jamie, here are the players I want to talk about. For Shot Penny stat line, 25 carries, 170 yards, and two touchdowns. I want to talk about DK Metcalf's day. Six catches, 63 yards, and three touchdowns. I also want to talk about my new favorite fantasy player, potentially my new favorite player in the league overall, Amon Ross St. Brown. Gets into the end zone on the ground, also has eight catches for 111 yards and a touchdown. So he gets two touchdowns, over 100 yards receiving, Adds into the the running game as well with some with some trickery. Those are the three players I'd like to focus on, Jamie. Well, let's let's take them in order. Uh, Rashad Penny is the league winner. Nobody's talking enough about. He really is. Like if you picked up Rashad Penny or you have you drafted him late in best ball, uh, you are gold. Looks unlike the player he has at any other point uh, in his in his short NFL career so far. 170. Again, he's faced soft competition, but. It's hard to do what he's been doing against anybody. Let's be perfectly honest. 170 yards, two touchdowns on the ground, 25 carries, and now creates a really interesting dynamic uh, because the Seahawks declined his fifth-year option because they were logical because they shouldn't have drafted him in the first place. But he's really making a strong case now as a guy that you might want to resign. And you know, I, I believe Chris Carson's deal, if I'm not mistaken, does it void next year? I'm going to look it up right now. So, seeing figuring out how the Seattle backfield is going to play out uh, is going to be fascinating. Uh, because Rashad Penny, it does not, but they have a, they have an out. Um, they, so they can get out of Chris Carson's contract next year if they so choose, and maybe they can decide to, to re-sign Rashad Penny. So this will be interesting to see. Um, obviously, he's a must-start at this point if you play next week, but I think the bigger question is, is, is he a guy that can be a top 70 player in fantasy drafts next year? I guess I'll have to kind of see where I have him ranked, but uh, 
love what he's been able to do so far. Uh, DK Metcalf gets in the end zone. He said three times. Uh, Lions secondary was all sorts of bad uh, in this game. And this is the game I, we should have gotten from Seattle. I didn't think we were going to get it. We talked about that when we previewed the show. I didn't think we were going to get this kind of game. Uh, but obviously, DK Metcalf, after really not being anything special for most of this back half of the season for the second year in a row, really helps some people win their fantasy matchup. Tyler Lockett gets in the end zone. I'm going to say Brown, and then another potential league winner uh, the way he's been playing in the back part of the season. Doesn't matter if it's Tim Boyle. Doesn't matter if it's Jared Goff. He's going to be heavily productive. Ten, Another double-digit target game for him. Two touchdowns, as you said. Disappointing day for – we didn't get a lot of DeAndre Swift. Only six touches in this game. Uh, I thought they were going to activate him and use him a ton in both the passing and the running game. We didn't really get it. Uh, you know, Jamal Williams gets in the ground uh, – in the end zone on the ground. Obviously, St. Brown got in the end zone on the ground. Didn't get a lot from DeAndre Swift, which was which was a little bit unfortunate because uh, I thought you could fire him back up as an RB2 this week with him being back in the lineup and just got you a whole lot of nothing. So here's what I find so fascinating, and I'm not going to take a victory lap on my DeAndre Swift take from the preseason because he was hurt and it doesn't really count. I'm on Ross Brown through the first 10 games or so of the season. I don't, I'm not doing the math entirely. The most targets he ever had in a game was eight in back-to-back games in October. This is what he has had in the month of December and in the one game here in 2022. 12, 12, 11, 11, 11. The ball is just going his way. And he's had 10 for 86 and a touchdown, the walk-off win against Minnesota. He went 8 for 73 against Denver. It was the only game in this five-game stretch in which he didn't have a touchdown. And then he's gone 8 for 90 and a touchdown in the win against the Cardinals. 9 for 91 and a touchdown against the, the Falcons. And then today, 8 for 111 and a touchdown and then added one on the ground. He has been on an unbelievable tear. These last five weeks of the season, it's been very fun to see. The last game to talk about, Jamie. I saved the best for last. The Saints beat the Panthers <laughs> that's, 18 that's to 10. not the word I would use. Oh. <laughs> I have nothing to talk about in this game. Maybe Marcos Callaway, give him some credit because he's had a couple good games now with like Traquan Smith out. Like, what do you want me to talk about in this game? The Sam Darnold sucks. Yeah, we don't... know that. <laughs> Nobody played Sam Darnold. Chuba gets Maybe in the end zone, saves his day. Super. Yeah. Nobody's play, like DJ Moore had a bad day because quarterback sucks. Uh, on the Saints side, you know, Alvin Kamara got you what you needed. That's it. There's nothing to talk about in this game. This was brutal. Red Zone went to this game like three times, and it was three times too many. All right, Sunday Night Football's in cruise control, so we are here to uh, recap the fantasy. As I said, the Eagles have clinched a playoff spot. So a little behind the scenes for everybody. We record the majority of this show while Sunday Night Football is going We played this entire scenario out in front of the scenes. And we then take a break and then come back to record Sunday Night Football. So Jamie and I have spent time away from each other, and I knew that this is how he was going to bring the show back. Is that he, this is how we were going to start the this portion of the show? All right. So the last game, thirty-seven to ten, is the score when we are recording this. Uh, everybody's out of this game at this point for uh, the Packers, so I don't know if there's any fantasy relevant stuff that's going to happen in the next four minutes. If there does, listen, you can look up the box score. So we'll talk about what we think is important. Um, AJ Dillon, uh, fourteen carries, sixty-three yards, and two touchdowns. He continues to just steal touchdowns uh, from Aaron Jones on a weekly basis. Uh, Devontae Adams is very good at playing wide receiver. Uh, 11 catches, 136 yards, and a touchdown. Alan Lazard also has a good game. Six catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. And on the Minnesota Vikings side of things, anything, everything you expect to happen with Sean Mannion being the starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings is exactly what happened with Sean Mannion being the starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, it was painful. Uh, everybody had a bad game. Dalvin Cook had a bad game. Probably cost some people their fantasy championship. Uh, Justin Jefferson 
not great either. Did the best he could, five for fifty-one as as we're doing this now. It, it was just, I mean, there's really nothing to talk about from a Minnesota standpoint. The, their offense could not even pretend to move the ball. If you took the risk and started KJ Osborne and got you that one touchdown, but otherwise there was not much here. But as you said, Devontae Adams took over this game from the first quarter on, had another monster performance. Uh, not quite a Jamar chase, but close. Uh, Lazard caught a nice touchdown in the end zone. A little disappointing to not get really anything from Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Kind of looked like he was turning around and, and being coming up productive, like deep, like wide receiver four type player for you. Uh, didn't do much in this game at all. You know, Aaron Jones ran the ball really well. They just didn't need a lot from him. You know, he he got in this game. He had 13 touches and more and more than 100 yards. Yeah, but, uh, but doesn't but he, doesn't get in the end zone. Get the end zone the one that gets the uh, the two second half, uh, two second half touchdowns and just bowled some people over. He's a fun player next year. Like figuring out uh, what to do with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon in fantasy drafts is going to be really interesting to kind of see where both those guys go and if you're able to kind of couple those guys together. But you know, you got what you needed from Aaron Rodgers. You got what you need from Devontae Adams, and and a good friend of ours is going to take home a fantasy championship because he needed a big game from Rodgers and Adams versus Dalvin Cook, and and this played out as best as it possibly could. So you say a friend of ours, I don't know who that friend is, so you have to tell me in the post show who that is. Uh, before we get out of here, Jamie, and I know we've been sprinkling in throughout the show, but I said at the top that we would talk week week 18 waiver wires. Are there any players that we have not discussed over the course of the show here today that you at least want to make mention here? Because again, for everyone, if you've made it this far and you don't remember me saying this, the Tuesday edition of the show is dedicated to the first round of Jamie's mock draft, where I'm going to cross-examine all of the picks that he has made, grill him with questions, and it will be a nice, fun dialogue. So we are not going to do waiver wires on Tuesday for those of you that have a week 18 in your fantasy slate. So, Jamie, any other players outstanding that you'd like to discuss? So, uh, not a ton. Uh, as I've looked through this, I was trying to think if there's any, really any like Packers because I imagine they're going to start to sit their starters. Um, I'm looking through the list of guys that I would I would actually consider starting next week. Well, we, well, and I, and I, uh, the only thing I was going to add is we kind of talked about the guys that are going to be trending from a name perspective, right? Seal Grayson, we talked about with the Bucks game, is a guy that is going to create some buzz this week on the waiver wire. You're not necessarily too sold on him. Neither am I because I don't no. know the way that Tampa offense is going to look. So we've talked about the guys that we think are going to get the buzz. Ty Johnson, you know, we talked about Michael Carter not being – we don't feel like there's any reason why he should play. So Ty Johnson would be a good one. Uh, had a decent game here today. Marquez Callaway has been playing really well lately. So if he is still available in your league, he is somebody else that I would, I would plug in as a potential flex. Same thing with Daria Gumbawale uh, as another potential flex option for you. Uh, other than that, I, I really don't, again, I'm just trying to see if there's any other names that we haven't talked about that I might have missed. Because, I mean, I mean, you can play defense too. Like you, you can pick up guys to, to block other people, but for the purposes of picking up guys that you're going to play, maybe Rashad Bateman, that's another one um, as well. Although if Lamar comes back, will he target him as much as Huntley and, and company have? Don't know. So those are kind of the guys that I, I would look at this week as well. Um, really not a ton that you're going to probably feel super comfortable with. But again, keep in mind, if you do have any Green Bay Packers, if you have Rodgers or Adams or Aaron Jones or Dylan, or they might not get the full workload that you've been expecting from them recently. Yeah, so the Packers clinched the one seed in the um... – in the NFC 
uh, playoff picture. Uh, um, Matt LaFleur continues to win football games as, as a young head coach at an extraordinarily high rate. Uh, the Eagles clinch a playoff spot. This eliminates Minnesota from playoff contention. So, Jamie, if my if my uh, deductive reasoning is correct here, because I don't have it up on the screen in front of me, it means the last playoff spot in the NFC. Now, the seeding can change, but the last playoff spot in the NFC is between the Saints and the 49ers. That is that the last is seed up for grabs. One of those two teams will have it. Uh, Based on the way the two teams played today, San Francisco would be my favorite in that matter. Yes, and, and San Francisco can either be the sixth seed or out of the playoffs at, at this point. Like that, that is their potential scenario. Uh, Philadelphia is either going to be six or seven, and then obviously, if uh, the Saints get in, they would be the seventh seed as well. So uh, it's going to lead to some really interesting matchups. I'm very—they haven't announced the full schedule for next week yet. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. There's a couple Saturday games. They got to name a Sunday night game. Uh, so there's a lot of really interesting schedule quirks to kind of keep an eye on because we do not know them right here as Sunday Night Football is drawing to a close. But uh, take a look at the schedule here. I'm trying to think. I mean, Niners-Rams feels like has a really good opportunity to be the Sunday night game. Well, you have um, yeah, because you have the, the NFC uh, West would be on the line for the Rams and obviously a playoff spot on the line for the 49ers. So that certainly feels like well, one that would, get, would in, generate some buzz. In theory. Obviously, the 49ers would definitely have a playoff spot on the line, but if the Cardinals were to lose to Seattle, um, the West would not be on the line for the Rams. And anymore. if the but, Saints lose earlier in the day to the Falcons, then the 49ers would be in regardless, right? So Correct. So, right. And keep in mind, they're going to move a lot of these games around. They're going to move some games around to late schedule. They're, they're, they're going to do a lot to make sure that they can put these teams in the best possible positions to have. Oh, I know. I got it. I got it. Easy. It's got to be Chargers-Raiders that, get flex, that gets flexed to Sunday night. That's a win-and-in scenario. That, that doesn't matter what happens elsewhere. That is a win-and-in scenario. Then, yeah, then that makes sense then. Because they're both nine and seven, they're both holding a playoff spot right now. I believe. Let me let me get the standings up yes, here. Yes, that they should both be. And so, so right now Vegas is eight. Yeah, but Vegas. Okay, so technically, yes, Vegas is not. Uh, you're right. Vegas is not holding a playoff spot, but they if they win, they're in. If they win, they're it's in. The weird right, tiebreakers work. Yeah. Well, because right now, right now the Chargers have the tiebreaker over the Raiders. But if the Raiders beat the Chargers, they would then s- split on head to head, and then it would go to those whatever tiebreakers that I'm not yeah. going to attempt to. Explain so the Raiders are show. technically, even though they're out of the playoff picture right now, they're winning in. Right. So that game is going to be huge for both sides. So that to me feels like the leader in the club has to get flexed into into Sunday night considerations. Yeah, because there's really not no other games that. Um, you know, it's potentially Bengals Browns is interesting, but like not as interesting as it could be. Like. Steelers Ravens isn't that interesting anymore. Um, yeah, I, I think we're looking at those those games. Uh, if you keep, I, and I guess that makes more sense. Then you probably, if you do this, you're going to flex. Where do the Saints play? Yeah, you're probably going to flex Saints Falcons to the three twenty five. Excuse me, four twenty five Eastern window. Three twenty five. Yeah, you would flex right? them up. So yes. you flex them up to replace Chargers Raiders. That way, you have the Forty ers and the Forty ers the Seahawks and the Saints all playing in the same time window, which makes yeah, the, the f- Niners-Rams game super relevant as the national game. Obviously, it allows you to move that. So that would be interesting. Uh, I don't know. I, I always find this part interesting. So I, I do enjoy kind of, you know, when we get to that, and even after week 18, we have to guess who has the early playoff games. And I guess, who has the Monday playoff game? We have Monday playoff game football this year. So it'll be interesting. Well, and a very important note, Jamie. We have two Saturday games this week, correct? Those we also need to be picked as well. I so said that I said that. Thank you for listening. Yeah, I don't listen to anything. I literally said we have the two Saturday games and the Sunday night game that needs to be scheduled. So I wonder yeah. I wonder if they move some of these games to Saturday with the well, win and in scenarios. Two of them. 
I don't think they're going to move the clinches. I don't, I say this now as if like, it's not going to then happen two seconds after we come off the air, but I don't think they're going to move the clinchers to Saturday, but I also don't know what the specific parameters are because their ESPN has the Saturday games and I don't know what was promised. They, yeah, I don't know what they promised them. If they would promise, they would give them at least one game that had some sort of playoff implication, but if they're smart, they do it for like games that won't ruin potential games on Sunday. Listen, so you, they can't move any of the games we just talked about. They but. have people in a room that have been working on this all week that have all these different scenarios mapped out and they, they already know the games that they're going to move. Like, they just haven't told us yet. Or, or just play like games that matter for seeding. Move them. Like put Cowboys Eagles or Steelers Ravens. Move Jets Bills Browns. to Saturday so I can free up my Sunday to do other things. Not that's putting Jets be. bills on Saturday. All right. Listen, man. I'm just trying to free up my Sunday. That's all. Um, that's it for us here on the uh post-week 17 fantasy championship edition of the show. But the fantasy content does not stop here if your fantasy season is over, or if you're not playing in a week 18, uh, because it's Jamie's mock draft. The first round of his mock draft drops on Tuesday. We react to it on the Tuesday edition of the show. Uh, should be a lot of fun as we kick off what is going to be a fun offseason. We've got a lot of content plans uh for the fantasy offseason that Jamie and I have been working on. So very excited to release those uh to every Everybody. Jamie, you are going to do week 18 rankings for yes. everybody just in case uh, so that everyone can look out for those. Where can they follow you on social media to ask their fantasy related questions uh, and where can they find the week 18 rankings for the last week of the season? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram and Tuesday is the day you will have all of my week 18 rankings as well as a fancy schmancy first round of the way too early 2022 fantasy football mock draft. So once the Steelers and the Browns end the week tomorrow night or tonight, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, I will have make sure you wake up the next morning with plenty of fantasy football content. And we also, by the way, we will still have our waiver wires and start sit columns uh, in addition. So if you are playing in week 18 or just want to play DFS and just kind of looking to see where guys are ranked, I mean, that is a I would use my rankings heavily for DFS formats as well. They're not specifically for DFS, but they kind of serve the same purpose. So however you want to use them for week 18, they will be available for you. Uh, you call me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. Follow the show on Twitter at TDN Fantasy. Uh, we're back on Tuesday. Jamie's mock draft under the microscope, round one. Everybody have a great start to your week. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.